Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, the only cycling media completely free of commercial influence. We are community-supported and dedicated to the whole of cycling. As our tagline says, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. This is Revolting with Stevel and Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 109. Better luck next time, the year in review. Content warning, this is a spicy adult podcast for uh, consenting grown-ups. We won't touch you unless you say it's okay. Unless saying it's not okay, but still meaning it's okay is one of your things, in which case the safe word is cinnamon. Okay? Okay? All right. Uh, hello. It's the 109th episode of the Revolting Podcast. Today, I'm Stevel, and that's Robot. And um, we are right now, <clears throat> I don't know when this will be published, but we're smack dab in the middle of the holiday season, and we were just sort of um, decompressing, having a little <laughs> bit of a summit, Ugh. discussing... Uh, what is it called? A debriefing. We were having a debriefing about the holidays, and, and Robot was saying that his had not been full of light and festive cheer. Mine was just another day. You know, like, oh, no. <laughs> it doesn't, I don't, I don't acknowledge it. I don't celebrate it. I don't, like, I've given up on, and this isn't to say, like, oh, I gave up. I threw in the towel. I've, but I just don't, I, you know, it was fun when I was a little kid and then I had my thing for a little while. I was going to go on a mountain bike ride. It was raining. Uh, I was going to watch the tired skateboard videos premiere. It didn't come out until later. There's nowhere to get a deep dish pizza. So I just got hammered. <laughs> I did. My I best. like, uh, here's the idea. Like there's one of those uh, little boxes. It says in case of emergency, break glass and you break glass. And and it says, go on a mountain bike ride. And you're like, no. And there's another little box inside the box. And you smash the glass. And it says, watch the tired video. And you like, you can't. Oh, there's another little box, a tinier box with a little tinier hammer. And you break that glass. And it's like, get a deep dish pizza. Nope. Nope. And then the last box just says, fuck you. <laughs> Stupid. Well, I, mine was a real mixed bag. I complained to you before we got on here because I have an aged parent who has a lot of needs and I don't like to attend to other people's needs because I'm a self-centered everything. Um, but here's some good stuff that happened. We got my older son, a label maker because he wanted a label maker. And then he began labeling things throughout the day. <laughs> Everything in the house now. Um, many of the things in the house. We went over to my mom's. He sidled up next to her on the couch and he, labeled her. He, I was gonna, yeah, he put a label on grandma. Yeah. Did it it say says grandma? grandma right on her back. <laughs> Excellent. Um, <laughs> then he, he did a bunch of stuff. Uh, 
like t- when I saw my mom yesterday, which was the 20, yeah, it was the 26th. She was like, your son labeled things around my house. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yep, being helpful. He'll do that. What's I like that? that. I say he's just being helpful. Yeah. In case he, you, we, uh, you forget what a stapler is, you look down. What is this? Ah, it says right on it. Stapler. Well, she has a flashlight. Well, like a magnetic flashlight stuck <clears throat> to a refrigerator, and he labeled it flashlight. <laughs> we also got him a large bag of stick-on googly eyes. Oh, um, that is that's a gift for everyone. That's not just a gift for for him. Yeah, that's about, a gift for anybody who goes into the grocery store and looks looks down at People magazine and. <laughs> to see what Shannon Doherty's been up to these last 20 years. And there yeah. she is, all googly-eyed up. She's been having cancer and googly eyes, <laughs> which is one of the side effects of cancer. I didn't know that she was sick. I, I just noticed that she was on the cover of the new issue of People, but I didn't know that she was sick. Oh. I think she's sick. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Um, Yeah, a, a few hours into the day, he's like, Wow. People are going to get real sick of me this year. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, I bought a tin. There's a tin of, uh, of adhesive googly eyes. And then I got a, like a fat bag of, of googly eyes. And so I took all of those and cut those up and put those in to my, um, into my tin. And I carried it around with me in my messenger bag for like a year. And, and put, I put googly eyes on, various like things in people's homes and magazines and they were uh, they were all over the place i was like the googly-eyed bandit and uh now it's just gone so <laughs> i think someone had enough of my shenanigans and stole my tin of googly eyes <laughs> away from me <laughs> yeah we'll know that the the legacy is being carried on <laughs> in new england in new england i yeah. appreciate that uh, i mean Everyone who, like, so he's at college, uh, which is, da- turns out to be just downtown. And, uh, I think people are already struggling to understand <laughs> his behavior and actions. He's a, he's a fucking weirdo. It's just a matter of like becoming friends with other weirdos, you know? And then like, then it's just done. Then it's on. I'm not sure. He, <clears throat> I'm not sure. I think he might be in some ways an alpha weirdo where he actually doesn't want to be around other weirdos because he wants a group of victims for himself. <laughs> That's also fair. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, Christmas is, um, you know, well, I talked to my screen printer yesterday and the first thing out of his mouth was, hey, man, um, it's Kwanzaa. Today's the first day of Kwanzaa. I hope you had a good holiday. Uh, I mean, I sort of celebrate Kwanzaa. I'm half black, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and so <laughs> that was, uh, that was the, the, the immediate conversation I had with Ephraim yesterday morning. Um, <laughs> and it was kind of, it kind of, you know, it feels like it just kind of, it doesn't, it doesn't make any, I have no stake in it. I have no, I got no horse in the Christmas race, you know? Yeah, my, well, you are, you're a solo act, right? So you can make a bunch of decisions for yourself, which is good. I live in a family context, a pretty thick one. And so, uh, it's a little more complicated in my case. However, 
I, um, I, we did get together with, uh, like our tight group of friends on the solstice. We had a little solstice party and that's when I pitched my whole idea, which we talked about on the last podcast to move Christmas to the solstice cut way, way, way back on the gift thing. If at all, if, if not eliminate entirely and potentially set some trees on fire. Um, so I've introduced the idea and I have a, I have a sympathetic audience. Um, so I'm hopeful that next year, I'm hopeful that next year we can have a different looking celebration. They do. Apparently they do. Well, Sean Walling, formerly of Soulcraft Bicycles, he has for probably 20 Five years, maybe thirty years. I don't know. He's done the rate, the annual Ray Ray ride. It's a solstice ride in uh, San Rafael in a place called China Camp, and everybody rides up to the top. And there's coffee, and I don't think they set anything on fire because uh, you know you can't burn anything in California because the whole state will burn down. Yep. Um, and that has been that's been a fun tradition. Uh, they do a solstice ride here where I live now and they do a huge burning up in this clear cut and I saw pictures of it and it looked pretty great, but it was also kind of like, Oh, I'm, I would be, <clears throat> I would be around people. And that's also kind of not my jam. Yeah. Kinda, that kinda was, like that was the biggest problem I had, I think with my Christmas was that it was way too peopley. Yeah. Yeah. I talked to, uh, I talked to, um, uh, and my friends or my parents' friends, my parents' neighbor invited me over for a Christmas Eve thing, and I said, "I I really uh to feel when I, when I feel pressure to be in a good mood and to be in a like it to be social, mm. I, it makes me even if I'm even like if I'm not I'm not social or I am social or whatever, and and I am suddenly like thrown into a situation where I have to be on, regardless of whether or not I'm feeling it." that I'm, that I'm kind of forced to do it makes me not want to do it. And I did go over there and I walked in and it was like that scene in, on the Simpsons where Abe walks into the, uh, walks into the, uh, I think it's like a, like a prostitution house or something. And, and Bart is working at the front counter and he walks in and he takes his hat off and he puts it on the hat rack and sees Bart and turns around and grabs his hat off the hat rack and walks back out the front door. <laughs> I did, I did that. And I went in and I like high-fived a few people and I was like, "Nope, can't do it." <laughs> and I took off. And that was pretty much the extent of extent of my Christmas Eve, but the night before I had worked at the bar too. So I had pulled a I pulled in an eleven-hour day in my studio, and then I proceeded to work for eight hours, and I think I went to bed at like four thirty in the morning. So I was just not—I was not built for speed that day, anyway. I like your—I um, don't want to say—I want to say like casual obliviousness to your responsibilities. <laughs> Nothing in the ma- way that nothing matters. Like if I had to work a bar shift, which in 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 actual fact would likely just kill me dead. Uh because I'm I'm useless after about 9:30 p.m. Yeah. But so if I had to do it, I would not go and do an 11-hour <laughs> stint in my studio. 
If well, I had to do it, I would be I would wake up at my regular time, which is probably like six thirty in the morning, that like the the day of, and I would be like, "Well, I got to be at the bar at eight, so <laughs> so I'm not doing anything today. Not doing anything. It's really hard for me to ride on days that I have to work. Like I have to be really careful about that because all I want to do after a ride is take a bath and chill out, stretch go to bed early, you know, and you go to, you do a ride. I did a ride last week. I think we talked about this and uh, Greg Heath yeah. and I rode out. But when you ride with Greg, you're riding a million miles an hour everywhere all the time. Like he, he only has one speed and, uh, it was pretty climby and it was pretty cold and I was out way longer than I, than I knew was reasonable. And sure enough, I went to work that night and I was fucked. <laughs> you know you know and uh it just it's it, like like the more time that goes by and the older i get even like in month increments i just am like this is getting harder and harder and harder and now i gotta work saturday so i'm closing on saturday so that's gonna be a you know four o'clock and then there's new year's eve and i'm working new year's eve and then i'll probably be going to bed at like fucking six i don't do stimulants i don't you know like it is it is sheer just willpower that is getting me through, but it's barely, and it's waning. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, anything for a buck, you know? Got to fucking pay the bills somehow. Beats digging ditches, which I also do. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh, what are we talking about today? What do we, well, we got... We got shout outs. We got holiday shout outs. Zane Jenkinson, Jinkingham, the mayor of Jinkingham, president of New Zealand as well. President. As far as I know, he's president of New Zealand. Still don't, don't think he, I don't think he exists. They don't, did, they have a prime minister, not a president, right? Maybe yeah. they have a, maybe they have a prime minister, but they also have a president and it's Zane. And it's Zane. I think the, the president or the prime minister, the big boss of New Zealand, it's a woman. Name. It was. Oh, it was. She was really cool, right? Um, she seemed cool. I don't know. I uh, yeah, I, I guess politicians. They're all yeah, terrible. Uh, yeah. So Zane and I probably have some as well. Uh, people who are nice to each other. My shout out is to people who are nice to each other for no reason, but just to be nice. Yeah. Um, Zane sent us each a record, the same record from yeah. the bottom of the planet. Um, yep. I don't have, I'm not ready to give a review or thoughts yet on the record. Yeah. I've listened to it a bunch. Uh, but likewise, I am, I'm not yet ready to, to give it, to have it be music pick of the week, but I have listened to it a lot. Well, here's what's coming up. So it's, it is, today is December 27th of the year 2023 on the 3rd of January which I make as 10 to 12 weeks from now, um, I'm going, I'm going to New Zealand. Yeah. Are you going to be in the same, same part of the place? I, it is possible <clears throat> that I will stand in the presence of the aforementioned Mr. Jenkingham. I bet he's tall. I um, think he's short, but I bet he's tall. I, I don't have a, a firm handle on Mr. Jankelfort's uh dimensions <laughs> it's like that one uh it's 
it's like that one wait is it a little orphan annie song where she's in, like she's fantasizing about what her her father will be or is that case Sarah Sarah? um who's saying that is that is that also from annie is Sarah Sarah in little orphan in annie <laughs> <laughs> fuck never mind yeah well that'll be that'll be <laughs> That'll be fun, a fun thing for probably you, probably not him. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, three <clears> weeks <throat> ago, we walked three, maybe four weeks. It's like a month ago. We walked out the front door and uh, my wife said, oh, look, it's the full moon. And I said, is it hitting your eye like a big pizza pie? And she was like, oh, I want a divorce. <laughs> yeah. She was like, you're so fucking stupid. <laughs> 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 back off oh. ladies it's all mine uh let's do a music pick of the week i like yours oh, yes let's do that uh my pick this week is the is the record on dark horses by emma ruth rundle yeah um here's what i'll tell you this is a brooding dark heavy very cool record ethereal would you call it ethereal i would i would call it ethereal that is true um a lot of her music i don't like um she 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 sings a lot of like sad girl songs Mm -hmm. um this record though has like a like a real mm, heavy darkness she's good She's good. And I, I mean, she's got a lot of, she's very prolific. She has a lot of music out. Mm. Um, I was thinking, I feel like I picked this up at some point. This is like, I can't remember what day it is. I can't remember what I'm supposed to do on any given day. I don't remember birthdays. I miss appointments all the time. I can't keep fuck all straight at all. However, what I do know is uh, Emma Ruth Rundle, it comes from, originally comes from Santa Monica. And Hope Sandoval from Mazzy Star also originally came from Santa Monica. And there's something very similar in the tone of this record. It, that it was, It's reminiscent in a weird, weirdly, uh, maybe it's her vocal tone or or a general in ambience that's given off or something uh, to Hope Sandoval and her some of her stuff with Nazi Star. Mm. Yeah, I've I am been I've been listening to it. Um, you know, it's dark this time of year. I'll be honest, it's a little struggly for me. Uh, and so I've been listening to more um, sad music. Mm-hmm. This one is very satisfying and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. It's good. That's a good pick. I like it. Uh, Emma, Emma Ruth Rundle on Dark Horses. Uh, I believe, I'm sure she's got website, Bandcamp, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I am going to pick another uh, another musical act from the Pacific Northwest. But again, this is something that everyone is familiar with. And I think when we were talking about... Um, we were talking about uh, overrated, underrated, just right mm-hmm. acts. 
uh, it sort of planted a seed. And then my friend Joe and I had a long involved conversation about this band, but, uh, mud honeys, uh, super fuzz, big muff gotta be, it's like seminal. It's, it's foundational. So it's got semen all over it. Is that what seminal means? It is a, it's a perfect fucking record. It's a perfect record. And again, it's not that I listen to, you know, sometimes I can listen to stuff and I have, um, uh, I sort of reminisce or it has sort of a, like a historical, like I think back about like, oh, I had, had really good times when I listened to this record. Sometimes I can listen to a record and I say, this record is as kick-ass today as it was 10 years ago, as it was 20 years ago, as it was 30 years ago. Uh, Super Fuzz Big Muff is that record. It's it's perfect. Would you say it's down to party? It's down to party. If you don't, I mean, anybody, you know, anybody knows Mud Honey, loves Mud Honey, and they have they have so many records. And I wouldn't say like, oh well, if you'd kind of have just dabbled in Mud Honey or whatever, and this is something that you want to kind of like check out a little bit more, I wouldn't say go for any of their newer records first and every good boy deserves fudge just leave that one out of it i don't even like that i don't think i like that record i bought it and i was so disappointed because the first two records were so fucking good and then that came out and i just kind of eh Hmm. so if you have any interest in just fucking kick-ass dirgy musty mucky yet totally catchy rock and roll songs and mark arm i saw them i saw them play last winter and i just every time i see him play i'm like that guy is like he's like iggy pop he just doesn't fucking slow down Mm. he's he's as fierce now you know keith morris is another guy it's just one of these is one of these sort of consummate front people who have been doing this for so long and they are so good at it uh, Mark Arm is one of those. You know, this goes back to what you were saying before when we were talking about Christmas, about how when you are obligated to show up and be on, you really, really don't want to. And I think, like, of comedians and musicians, and particularly the front people, mm-hmm. who, in order to do what they do, have to be on. Mm-hmm. Like, not even, if you're, if you're a comedian and you have a, you have a set, that you do, you can deliver it and it can be funny without you necessarily needing to be all the way on your game. But like more like if a comedian goes on a talk show, like you can't, if you're a comedian and you go on a a talk show, you are expected to be funny independent of your set. Like you have to be on. And I just think like that for someone like Mark arm to come out and have to be Mark arm all the time. I don't even want to show up to to family Christmas and be expected to like <laughs> to be slice you. ham in a straight line and tell, you know. Oh, it's it's yeah, it's hard. But then again, you know, this is this is his like <clears throat> this is his craft, you know? Yes. He 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 is him because he is him. He does that because that's who he is. It's not just a bit. It's it's absolutely right. Everything, everything he is, is that. 
And I was really impressed too. And I think I probably brought this up before. Like the first time I ever saw him play was back in nineteen ninety one or something, nineteen ninety. And it was they were touring on the on the their self titled album, the one with the color picture on the cover. It's all like them. They're all stretched out. Um, and I was like, no way he can do that one part of the at the end of Here Comes Sickness, which is like. It's like a 30-second scream. No way he can do that in real life. That has to be trickery. And I saw him do it that night, and I was like, holy shit, this dude is like all diaphragm and lungs. And he's 61 now, 62. Mm. Like, he's an old man now. And when I saw him last winter, I was like, no way. He, <laughs> no way he can still do that. And he fucking did it. He did it as good as he did it 30 years ago. You know, like 30, yeah, 30, maybe a little more years ago, I was in a band where there was a lot of screaming and I was the screamer. Mm. And I can tell you it hurts. And I'm not talking about your throat. I like in your stomach, it hurts. Yeah. I, there's, I'm really interested in like vocal coaching and how to, I was talking to my parents about this the other day about amplification there are some people who just have like a mastery, sort of an innate mastery of diaphragm control right, and other right. people do not. And in bands that I've been in, it's all throat and head and it's not yeah. sustainable. And I get bad head rushes and bad headaches and stuff. Cause I'm basically pushing all of the, all of the forces coming from my, I don't know, chest. And then it's pushing the blood into my head and then it's giving me aneurysms. But then you got, you know, then other people, it's like, no, no, no. And, and vocal coaches will, I think this is sort of, I don't never been to a vocal coach, but once you, once you push, push that from your diaphragm, which I guess is just like behind the bottom of your rib cage, instead of using the muscles that, you know, then it's super hard on your vocal cords as well. But, um, some people just got it. Some people just know how to do that. Other people don't. Yeah, I don't. I never did it right. I and know. I don't, and I have an unpleasant voice. <laughs> <laughs> also. Which you can kind of tell from my speaking voice, but it, <laughs> wait, wait for me to sing. <laughs> uh, so we've got music pick of the week, Emma Ruth Rundle on Dark Horses and Mud Honey's, uh, for, I guess, first record, uh, Super Fuzz Big Muff. And now, uh, having addressed that 30 minutes in, talked about nothing, let's uh, get a word from our sponsors, and then we will be right back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to ask him to leave that in. (laughs) Three, (laughs) Three, two, two, one. one. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. Oh, 2023. You surprised us. Good one. Triumphs, tragedies. We laughed. We cried. We figured we'd better. We'd better at all. We'd be better at all this by now. (laughs) (laughs) Like like, (laughs) typing out the fucking notes. Uh, Today we're going to talk about what happened, how we felt about it, and what we've got our eye on for 2024. Uh, The first question that Robert Robot, Jesus fuck, Robot posed (laughs) 
Uh, Look, Stevel, during the break, Stevel farted audibly, and we have not recovered yet. That's the problem. (laughs) Uh, The first question that Robot posed is, uh, what was your album of the year, show of the year, ride of the year, surprise of the year? Yeah. Oh, album of the year. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, there's been so much good music, and I have tried to buy all of it. What is something that have I, I'd have to go back and listen to? to uh, what did uh, Plosives record? Did that come out in twenty twenty three? No, that was last year. But the sixty eight record, sixty eight yeah. record came out this year. I have listened to that a lot. That would be seeing them <clears throat> twice, back to back, two nights in a row. That would be the show of the year. And the Bronx, seeing the Bronx at the little bitty place here in Northern Washington. Uh, those were great. Those were my live show experiences that I absolutely went bananas for. Uh, record of the year? I don't know. What do you got? Maybe that'll knock something loose for me. Um, Of things that came out this year, I think it was probably the 68 record. There's a teen mortgage record that is supposed to ship to me like today which gathers everything they've recorded so far Mm. that would that would be high up there um the pigs 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 record um land of sleeper came out this year that was real good when I was reading the notes this morning, I was thinking, I was like, what? 2023? Like, well, I don't even know what happened this year. But then, like, because everything just sort of, you know, it, there, there's not a beginning of the year or the end of the year. It's just endless time. And did, and what happened in the, in this block of time? It's like saying, yeah. this, is, this is what happened on my property or this is what happened in my state. It's just, it's, it's configurations that allow us to map and i don't feel like mapping anymore this is still it's still just a long 1970 as as far as i'm concerned this is just 1970 but way on down the road yeah Uh, i my, my sense of time is very poor so i don't know what happened i don't know what happened this year that actually happened this year. Mm-mm. And uh, honestly, anything that happened in the fi- in the last five years feels like it just happened. Uh, that's true. I mean, I've always had a kind of a rotten relationship with time and and management and perspective. And I think I've brought this up where you know I used to say stuff to this girl I dated, like, "Oh, I haven't seen you in a week and a half or something," and she'd be like, "Dude, I saw you three days ago." Or you said this thing at this yeah. point, and she's like, "No, that was six months ago." Like, I just don't, I don't have it. Don't have it. No, I um, don't either. The good one is like, "Hey, we went on this great family vacation. You remember that?" They're like, "What year was that?" Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Not uh, at all. What's another record? Oh, the new, uh, the new Mutoid Man. Uh, that's a biggie. Uh, what's that one called? Oh, I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, love. Um, 
I love that one. The live Nod record, live at the Roadburn Festival, that came out this year. That's great. Pigs, 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 Pigs also had a live in New York record, which I got on um, a vinyl acetate, uh, which is very pleasing. It pleasures me regularly. What is it? Live in New York. Oh. Uh, pigs, 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 Pigs. <clears throat> pigs, Pigs. I don't really, I don't really own any of the, I don't really own any of the Pigs. Pigs, 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 pigs. Oh man. Uh, what happened to uh, mutants? I think it's called mutants. Is that right? Could be. Um, my show of the year could be. I saw pigs, 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 pigs. <laughs> I saw them twice. I saw them at this little place, and that was amazing. And then I saw them at a bigger place. And that was also amazing. And I saw actually the quicksand, the 30th anniversary yeah. slip quicksand show was fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. It I made just, me really happy. I just, uh, I just saw that. I just experienced that like three weeks ago. So it's, I think three weeks ago, it could have been six months ago. It could have been yesterday uh, as per what we just discussed, but uh, that was brilliant. That was a total gas. Uh, so yeah, I would say those, I'd say 68, 68, um, the Bronx and quicksand, those four shows in 2023 that, that, that curled the toes inside of my shoes. Uh, the, the, the surprise of the year, I think, cause this is what really got me started thinking about like what has happened in this block of 300 and however many days or in a year. Uh, I went from being totally committed to the notion that I was never going to be in Oakland again and I was never going to see my ex again. And I'm being I'm pretty being pretty fine with that, just as a matter of protection. Uh, to getting hypnotized, not to be able to do that, but to be be hypnotized I had to really break it down for her uh, in, in like to describe to her and to describe to myself what I wanted out of this. And I wanted to life live life uh, a little more holy and with fewer reservations. I, I, I was able to articulate to not give a shit in a, in a little more positive light. Like I was, you know, I said, I want you to hypnotize me to just make me not give a shit anymore. Right. But I know that's not practical. I know it's not realistic. So, being hypnotized and going to, through a whole lot more therapy to the point where I was able to return to Oakland a few times and to reconnect with my ex and not be left. I mean, I always will. I'm, I feel like there is a degree of heartbreak that is going to exist forever. I can live with it now, mostly. Mm. Um, and I didn't think that I was ever going to get to that place. And just in this year, I've been able to take, you know, at least more steps forward than I was taking back. As an observer, as a friend, it feels like a really big year for you in terms of, pro as you say, like you're telling the story about like kind of processing this heartbreak and like 
being in a better place. That's been great. But also the kind of reignition of your urge to create cool things. Oh yeah. That's been a, that's been a big one. I mean, I've, I've never not made stuff. I've, I've gone, I've just sort of been stuck in the mud, uh, not really going forwards, but not really going backwards. And I've been, I've been making stuff just because I make stuff, but not making stuff because, uh, I got like a really intense fire in my belly to make stuff. And it's been a long time since I've had that. Um, and now I'm making like, yeah, just in the last four months, uh, I have started making the best easily, easily the best work of my life. Um, you know, and it's all, all things being relative. Somebody could look at my body at work and be like, oh, well, it's all terrible. So like, you can't, you know, there's nowhere to go, but up, uh, but there's a lot of people who say it's all great and this is greater. Um, maybe. I love, I love what I'm doing now. I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm, I have a ton of momentum. Uh, I'm just, I'm obsessed with it and not having a schedule really to speak of and not having a job like that allows and not having a partner, not having fucking really anything, being able to be completely selfish with my time. That allows me to have 11 hour studio days, you know? And, um, and so, yeah, that's been a, that's, it's, it's the best work I've ever made. And it's, uh, and I'm, I'm as the fire is burning as brightly as it has in, you know, 10 years or more. I was doing all these little watercolors and making little magazines and doing shitty paintings. And, you know, it fucking, I, I wasn't really hyped about any of it. I was just kind of making stuff cause I have to, but not because I wanted to. And now I'm making stuff because I have to and because I want to. So I agree with you and thank you for, for that acknowledgement. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome to watch. <clears throat> I think for me, it's, it's awesome to watch because it's real big life shit. It's real big life shit. Whereas the surprises for me, like I've been, I've been, my life has been more settled than yours. Um, so yeah, I mean the things, the biggest surprise for me is that I made some progress in my bicycle riding. Boring. I know I'm not going to talk about it, <laughs> but I'm just, you know, uh, I'm, it I'm is kidding. exciting. I went from like, it's, it's, it's your story on a much smaller level, which is that I used to, I was right for a long time. I was riding because I ride. Uh huh. And then I was riding because, oh, fuck, there were things I wanted to do and try and work on, et cetera. And that's, you know, that's important to me. Yeah, no, that's that, important to me. That's great. Uh, and it's not, I mean, it's not bigger level, smaller level, anything. It's just, it's, uh, it's vi having a victory, um, maybe in a landscape where victories don't happen so consistently. And to, to have that, to experience that and to celebrate that. And to own that, it's all, that's all you, that's your hard work. And that's, that's your accomplishment. You know, that's awesome. Well, you talk about like, 
you know, you're on your own and so you're beholden to no one and you can do 11 hour studio days. And I am not, I have a lot of family responsibilities, both to my kids and my wife and my mom who lives down the road. And I'm like, I've got like four jobs. So just like for me, like carving out little bits of time that I can call my own Mm -hmm. uh, and do something that inspires me with is a big deal. That was something that, you know, like I've always thought working for a living is a, it's a, just a a fucking sham. Like (laughs) my, I understand. And my mom, since the time I was old enough to work since before I was old enough to work, I've, I've worked, you know, legally. And then, then when I was old enough to get a job at 14 or 15 or whatever, I got a job and I've had a job ever since, um, you know, well, punching a clock until I figured out how to make my own way, you know, and it, but then mm. it's, it's a double-sided, uh, it's a two-sided sword. Cause you, a double-edged sword rather, because you have to, then you're constantly treading water. You could, you don't call in sick. You're never not working. You're never not like trying to hustle, trying to figure, trying to, you know, squeeze a dime out of a nickel kind of a situation. Um, but when I was punching a clock, I thought it's what a, like how unjust that is that not only you're paying me for my, for my expertise, so you're paying me to work on bikes or to build frames or whatever the fuck I've done for a living, but also you're trading me, whatever, $15 or $18 or $20 for an hour of my existence that I will never see again. And, and that just, that's just so fucking unfair. Like an hour of my life is worth more than $20, you know? And so when you have to commit and, and I'm just talking about a job, I'm not talking about familial obligations or anything, but when you have to commit so much of your self and so many of your waking hours to someone else's means, means, needs, yep. To, to say like, all right, well, this, this, this hour is mine or this two hour block, then you become really selfish and rightfully so really selfish with your free time. And I think that's, I think that's vital. And so it might be you taking a nap with your animal, or it might be that you're going on a ride all by yourself and doing whatever the fuck you want to do. Or it might be like, I'm gonna go sit in the bar and write postcards and talk to no one, whatever you want to do with that little bit of free time that, that you're allowed, uh, fuck man, take it. Well, what's amazing, what's amazing also is, uh, when you, when you have some level of attention deficit, I'm not real type a about my free time. Like suddenly I'm like, Oh fuck, I got two hours to myself. But then in the back of my mind, wherever I have to be in two hours, has already sort of destroyed the <laughs> those two hours. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Um so I think it's in some ways it's harder to eke out really good stuff. I tend to go I'm very cyclical and part of that is like I have chronic depression which is it's it's episodic, right? So I'm like I have I have some weeks where I'm like I'm in a really good mood and I have lots of ideas and I'm inspired and I want to get right to work and here we go. And then I have weeks where I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and do the minimum today and then I'm going to do one less thing than that. 
Do you ever, do you have, uh, uh, ever, like, do you dabble with manic depression? Are you at that stage ever? Or is it just like regular old garden, garden grown depression? Um, it's mostly garden grown, garden variety, um, organic artisanal, but it was strange in 2023. I started to notice these sort of six week cycles where I would have a super manic week where I was like full of energy and ideas. Like really it was the ideas that I noticed. I was like, fuck, I am, I am going off in every direction. And in good ways, like good ways that I was excited about. And then that would, that would last like a week and then it would sort of taper for another week. And then I was into kind of the doldrums. Um, and it repeated a few times. So, and then I thought, oh, is this, do I, am I manic now? Is that what's happening? But then as the sunlight, I think that was like a summer, I think that was sunlight vitamin D related. Mm. Um, so I've been trying to sit with my happy lamp lately. I and think try it's, to get... it's a really interesting notion to me, the whole concept of manic. I, I didn't really know what manic depression was, and I talked to somebody and they said, oh man, the reason you don't want to medicate, and this you know, generalization is all over the place here, but this is their experience. So the, the reason I didn't want to medicate is because I was fucking charging when I was up. I was fucking everybody. I was doing tons <laughs> of drugs. I was playing tons of music. It was just like, it was like bedlam. I think they were just, it was all on turn to 11 all the time. And they didn't want to sacrifice that to medicate, to manage the, the fucking valleys. The peaks were so epic, uh, you know, inversely proportional to the valleys, but they were like, I will suck up the fucking darkness just to maintain these, these highs. Yeah, I I don't I am medicated, so like the thing <laughs> although I'm on like the minimum dose of what I'm on, um which feels like the right compromise I can have I, I have spells of depression still, but they're not as deep and dark as they were before, you know, they pass somewhat quickly. So I would say I have some like breakthrough depression, but I also have some breakthrough I don't want to quite say mania because it's not at that level, but I have those weeks where, where I'm like, oh man, I have had every good idea that ever existed this week. <laughs> I can't even believe it. And I kind of like, can't keep up with myself. Um, but then, you know, mostly I'm in the middle. It's really interesting, man. I mean, the way that the human brain works and for, Personally, for so long, all of my, all of my creative, like, fire was tangled up in this self-loathing. Like, mm. I had to be miserable in order, it's just, it's so fucking cliche. Like, I gotta be miserable <laughs> in order to, to make yeah. good work. I gotta hate myself in order to make good work. And one therapist, guy was a fucking kook, but uh, he did say some interesting things. Uh, and he said, you, you're, you're like, this is all so inextricably linked. It's all knotted. You know, we got to do like, we got to do really delicate brain surgery. We can, we can extract all of this creative fire from all of this unnecessary 
bullshit that you've put on your own shoulders. This doesn't necessarily, I mean, this doesn't really apply to what you're saying, I guess, but it's just like, just, uh, I don't know, reflecting on how, um, self-worth or the lack thereof, uh, creative momentum, uh, creative desire, desire in general, however that looks, life, all of it, like how it's all fucking tied in. And how I see, you know, there's, I guess I'm picking up on some similarities to stuff that you're explaining or stuff that you're describing and stuff that I've experienced. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think it is all knotted up. I, <clears throat> when I'm, when I'm up, I have this feeling of like having figured it out mm-hmm. and, and part of having it figured out just means like not letting, you know, self-doubt, self-loathing, whatever fear, doubt, and insecurity I've got, I just like shrug it off. I'm like, yeah, it exists, but like, it's not important. It's not the way. And then I'm like, I'm, I'm writing great. I'm riding great. I'm like fun to be around. And I'm like, oh, I have it figured out. I just have to hold on to this. And then it just fucking evaporates i can't really explain that and it's not even like it evaporates all at once there's not some dramatic moment where i'm like you know it's it's like oh this next day i'm not cheerful and fun to be around i'm just level i'm fine like maybe there's even two weeks where i'm just level and fine i'm doing what i need to do but like you know it's not great it's not terrible and then it's something tips me off probably just chemicals uh, just tips me off into like the, the sads and it's not even sads. It's more, it's more like anger and apathy, which mm-hmm. feels like such a waste of time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of interested in, in, you know, there's like, like whatever inter- internet influences or whatever. There's like, there's no such thing as depression. It's just management of your own blah, 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 blah. And I think it's all a bunch of shit. But um, tr- just the, the, the idea of trying to control that. And when you, you, you know your mood, you know how you feel. And then you kind of try to take a step back and say, okay, I've got all of it. Like, what am I, what, what, where did this come from? What prompted yep. this? Yep. Did I, did I drink a bunch a couple of days ago? Cause that might that might uh, explain some of the dip in serotonin or melatonin or wonkatonin or whatever. <laughs> yep. And are you flipping me off right now? Uh, no, I was scratching my nose, but <laughs> I can see why you think that. Uh, uh, and then, and then, and then to, to break it down even further and say like, do, do I actually have something? Is there something that triggered me? Is there something that made me sad? Is it the state of the world yeah, or yeah. whatever? So let's just kind of, I, I have to have uh, up daily, if not more, I come to Jesus meetings with myself. Like, and, and again, like you don't compare your situation with that of anyone else because that doesn't honor what you're experiencing. You can't say, well, yeah, I mean, I'm sad or I'm mad or I'm angry or apathetic or whatever, but at least I don't live here or at least I'm not a homeless person or at least I'm not of this or that. I don't have this. I'm not saddled with these different life challenges. You're saddled with the life challenges that you're saddled with. And so just focus on that. 
that's just one part of what I'm thinking about. Um, but it sometimes that gives me a little bit of traction to sort of step backwards out of those pits. Yeah, I don't know, I think, I don't know if that works. If that works for you, or if you have in my talking out of my ass. No, in my world, I think what I've what I've come to realize is that it's super dangerous to try to impute external causes to your mood or struggles Mm. because there will there 100% of the time will be reasons to be sad or upset or discouraged or disappointed like if you want to be disappointed all you have to do is open your eyes in the morning (laughs) there is some shit to be disappointed about so what and I used to really like I really used to invest time in like trying to weave these narratives. Like I feel this way because X, Y, or Z external thing is happening, but that's, that's like a dead end, right? That's Mm -hmm. like, okay. If you look for reasons to be sad, disappointed, whatever, they're there, they're there every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, so what I've tried to say is like, What's happening outside of my body is beside the point. Just, just don't try to give that shit more power because it doesn't need it. Right. Oh, right. Right. What can, what can I do? Can I eat? Can I sleep? Can I steal some time for myself? Can I like, those are the actual things that, that help me. And I got just getting out of that, like framing of how I feel where it's like, oh, I feel bad because my wife said something to me I didn't like, or my my mom needed me to go to the doctor with her all day yesterday, which is a factual thing that happened that I hated. <laughs> you become but, you your know. own. You become sort of your own echo chamber. Yeah, then yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's you're, my you're my experience. All these notions back and forth inside your own. Right. Narrative. That is the depressive spiral to me. It's like. Yeah. And I just keep coming back around to the same reasons, you know, good reasons that I don't feel good and I'm not fun to be around. Um, And that's like, that's just not fucking helpful. I've just, I've done it for decades and it's not helpful. Right. Well, I mean, it's pretty brilliant that you, that, that, that you can describe it, that you can see the shape of this thing and, and at least know when or have some idea when it's happening. So I guess, I mean, I, again, you know, like I've only lived inside of this body in this lifetime. And I only know my own experiences, but I, there have definitely been times when I've, I'm like, man, I just, just get, I just need to fucking breather, you know, like yeah. this shit just keeps mounting and keeps mounting. And that's a really easy, I couldn't see it when it was happening to me, but I have definitely seen it when it's happened to other people. And I, and it's, I hear how fucking annoying it is coming out of their mouths. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not mounting. Nothing's different. You're just focused on all this shit. That's what I would have told myself if I could have. Yeah, that's exactly right. This is sort of why I develop. I de- have we talked about positive nihilism? Yeah. Yeah, that's just the basic idea. Like, I'll say to people all the time, they think I'm kidding when I say this to them. They're like, oh, John and his dark sense of humor. But I'm like, 
I'm like, uh, you know, nothing matters and death comes for us all. Right. Uh, and they're like, ha ha ha. That's funny. But I'm like, no, but actually (laughs) because nothing matters and death comes for us all, we actually can just shrug off the fact that yesterday didn't go well. Yeah. And we can set a Christmas tree on fire and like throw it off our roof. If we want, we can. Yeah. I had a long conversation with somebody within the last day or two, and we're just talking about how, well, oh, no, it's this guy, Michael. He's he's a cool dude that I met around town. He's friends of Amanda K. Bryan's, and I think I met him through her. And we we were talking about sort of string string theory and the infinite universe but the mm. infinite universe is always expanding. So how the fuck does something that is forever continuing? There's got to be a stopping point at some point for it to be able to continue. So we're talking about all the shit. We're talking about, you know, like there's another reality right next to this reality. And in that reality, we're both women. And then there's another reality beyond <laughs> that reality. And you, I'm sitting in this seat and you're sitting in this seat. Or I'm the one with dogs and you're the one without dogs or whatever the, the situation was. And, um, Oh shit! Uh, it was complex enough a notion that I can't. I just completely got sidetracked, and I can't remember what I was going to say about that. Well, um, I can tell uh, you that I am not. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, nothing. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. That's, that's right. I <laughs> but I was. I was talking about maybe when the Hadron Collider started up, it blew us up, and never before in human history has so much energy needed to be processed some way. So we're still all having this. Uh, we're basically like we're having like a hallucination of our existence until our number comes up and we can be processed. So babies are being born because we live in a world we've always lived in a world where babies are born and we and, and people die because we've always lived in a world where people die. And as far as I know, this shelf next to me, that's solid. I can touch it, but it doesn't mean that it is actually solid. And when I ate a shit ton of mushrooms in Colorado, I was like, "Oh, we just live in this like fake reality this none of this is real and and i could touch i could actually run through this wall right now (laughs) which but because convention tells me that this wall is there i'm gonna break a nose that's what happens when you eat a shit ton of mushrooms but you're not wrong like one of the things that i do and i don't want this is going to sound pretentious i'm not very clever but i read a lot of like popular, what I would call popular theoretical physics. Mm-hmm. And, and the current theory of, of the world we live in is that the idea that objects are solid is wrong. They're just overlapping fields of confluent energy. Fuck yeah. So I was kind of right. You were kind of right. I think a lot of the things we, we think when we're on mushrooms is are kind of <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, but also reading theoretical physics, like theories of the end of the universe and things like that have very much informed of my worldview. And despite most of them being, you know, catastrophic and (laughs) cataclysmic, I've found them very, to have a positive influence. Well, you could say, <clears throat> you know, it's like there's a hole in the sun. Uh, we're on a tiny little rock 
where all of these, all of the, all of this magic came together to make this environment in which that is sustainable for us to live. Mm. And we are a speck in an infinite universe. And the fact that we haven't been wiped out by meteors, like there's shit flying around us all the time. Meteors have hit this planet before and that they haven't hit us recently is crazy. There's the tectonic plates are always moving. There's super volcanic. It's a living planet. And yet somehow we've built buildings and houses and all of this shit. And we're just on fucking borrowed time. And the more I think about that, the less I think anything matters. Yeah. Nothing definitely matters. Um, our concept of time is on our side because actually you know, we talk about geological time. This is a blink in geological time. What 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 is the metaphor they use? If if the entirety of the history of the universe was a three hundred and sixty five day year, humanity would have showed up in like the last half minute of the last day. Like the amount of time that we think of as just eons and eons. Like our planet has been stable and we've been able to live. It's like a fucking like. <laughs> I don't believe in God, but it's like God farted, you know, like it's, that's the amount of time. And we benefit from that. Like we're able to like live whole, uh, potentially fulfilling lives in, in a God fart. <laughs> we can't, uh, we can't, we, uh, we're, you know, the, e the ego is like humankind's greatest and worst, like, uh, strength and weakness. You know, we, we would like, as far as we're concerned, we are the center of the universe, aside from the old man in the sky, or the spaghetti monster or whatever deity you believe in to give your life some foundation. Uh, we have no idea. And, and that's a real scary notion for a lot of people. And I think that's why organized religion has the traction that it does is because it's too difficult to say, what the fuck do we know? There has to be the creator. There has to be the good guy. There's the pointy horned red pajama guy. And he's responsible for all the evil on the planet because we, I, I can't be held accountable for like the evil that man does the evil that I do. No, that's the devil working through me. Duh. Mm. Yeah. Fucking people. Yeah. But people. I mean, what, what is, what <laughs> is terrible. almost literally happened is that each of us lives in a vast void. And that is terrifying. Like if you mm -hmm. said to somebody, look, what we're doing today is we're stepping off into the void and they're like, well, what's going to happen? And you say, no idea, no clue at all. What's going to happen. Knows. You can be filled with fear by that and say, I don't want to step into the void. Or you can say, okay, right. let's see what happens. I'm going to end up in the void at some point or another. Yeah, you're in the void. You were born in the void. That's okay. I'm going to know I'm in the void, but I'm going to have more answers about the void. That, I guess, is what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, you're going to go find out. Maybe. Maybe um, you're going to meet the spaghetti monster or the bread man, the man in the red pajamas. <laughs> I, I hope so. Not. My friend Becky's sister is a nun, and I, I, I met her the other day, and she is the nicest woman and somebody said were you wearing because i got the penta the penta goat hat the thrasher penta goat hat and they said were you wearing that hat when you met her and i was like oh yeah i guess i was 
and we shook hands and then I hugged her and she's such a sweet person and nothing happened to me. I didn't have enlightenment and I didn't turn to brimstone. So her, t- her touch did not burn your skin. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I think, and I was like, ah, proven, proven everybody wrong. Um, holy shit. We like, uh, we're like went way or past an hour. Let's bang out the last couple. Do you think 2023 went better or worse than you expected? And why? What role do you think revolting played positive, positively, negatively, uh, or negatively in your year? Um, I think it was uh, good. It was, I, I don't expect, I don't put any expectations. I don't know. Everybody's like, oh, 2024, things are going to turn around. And I don't believe that. Uh, 2023 was cool. Uh, I'm happy to have, I blew my knee out again which has been real disappointing um, and has, you know, hindered, hindered me in my activities. But, uh, yeah, uh, relationships with friends, uh, relationships with my relationship with myself. um, That's all been great. And I hope that that's an upward trend, continuing upward trend, whatever. Sure. And I I love this podcast. I love having become friends, excuse me, friends with you through it and learning about you and be, and developing a relationship with your family. Um, and, and the periodically I'll get a note from somebody or an email or there's a comment or a direct message or whatever. And, and, and people, it seems to resonate with people as well. And, and that feels really good. Everybody likes compliments. Everybody likes positive affirmation. But when when somebody says I am going through something similar or something and and the things that you guys have talked about has shown me that there's potential for healing in a situation that I didn't think there could be. And that is all I could have ever hoped for. Or you get the, you know, it's terrible in three important ways. And that's, that's great too. Uh, how about you? Um, <clears throat> I don't know what I expected from 2023. I'd say, <clears throat> I'd say it was good. Good things happen on balance. I would say good. A lot of, I mean, you know, there was uh heartbreak. My dog, my dog, my dog died. And, uh, that was a real sad, that was a real sad, Mm -hmm. um, but also, you know, my son went away to college and like, he's thriving. My other son is thriving. Like the family is thriving. Jizz Goblin. Your other son, Jizz Goblin. Yes. Jizz Goblin is thriving. Thriving. (laughs) Love it. Um, so, so yeah. And revolting. I mean. It won't be a stretch for anyone to believe that there's a lot of things in my week that I don't look forward to, but, (laughs) (laughs) but this, I like this one. I need a fucking laugh often. I often, even when I'm done laughing, I could use another laugh and revolting. Always use more laughter. Always, always. So, you know, it's a winner. Let's get to the would you rather. Would you rather have to kill all the meat you eat or grow all the vegetables you eat? Um, I would rather grow all the vegetables I eat. I have said it before. I'm the most hypocritical carnivore ever. Uh, I don't eat a ton of meat. 
but could I look a cow in the eye and put a bolt in her head? Could I, could I chop a head off of a live chicken? You know what I mean? Like, I guess you get used to it. And like, if society crumbled and I was, you know, a full-time farmer, I guess I'd, my perspectives would shift. But like, you know, when I was a little kid, my dad and I go backpacking and we wouldn't have any food and you got to catch a fish and that's what you eat for dinner. And I hated it. I would, you know, like I, I still, if there's a spider or a cricket or something in the house, I catch it and put it outside. I just can't. I'm a fucking goofball like that. So I would definitely go with the vegetables. And I know how much work that is. And now that, that's a fucking ton. And then you got, you know, ground squirrels are like eating your carrots or whatever. Right. Then you're mad at squirrels. Then, then you're, you're killing squirrels. Then you're killing squirrels. You? I would grow the vegetables also. I think it would be a fucking fuck ton of work. It would be much faster just to like, you know, receive vegetables and kill animals. And I'm not, I'm not, I, you know, if you have to kill animals to eat, to eat, I think that's fine. Um, that's not great. No, but no. I don't well, know here's... how to dress a fucking deer. You know what I mean? Like I've seen it, but I don't yeah. like. I don't know how to do. I don't know how to do any of that. I think ultimately, for me, killing the animals that I ate would be like I would like as you say. I would learn to do it, but I don't think that would be enriching. Whereas I think growing the vegetables that I eat would take a whole hell of a lot longer. But it would be actually enriching. I think like growing things is just good for you. It's good for your brain. It's good for you. It's good for you to be outside. Mm-hmm. It's good for you to touch dirt. It's good for, you know, it's, I just don't think there's any downside to that. So I would choose vegetables. Every time like we had uh, at my old place, we had squash and we had kale and we had a bunch of berry bushes. And every time I'd pick a handful of berries and I'd be like, Fuck you, Monsanto. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah. I like like it's just a handful of berries. But this is a thing that like I helped cultivate, and now I'm now I'm feeding my body with this thing that came from my little piece of land, and that was that felt really good to me. So, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, what do we got? We're in hour ten. How about the outro? Ball it up, strike a match, set this one on fire. It's done. May the new year find you caffeinated, optimistic, and herpes-free. On behalf of the Revolting Podcast and the Psychic Independent, I'm Steve. Don't forget to